Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. And welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander Season 5, Episode 2, The End of Innocence. And here to talk mm-hmm. with you about it, as we are every week, I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis, and over there, that's the Audie Norman. Audie, how are you? Doing all right, man. It's been a pretty good week. You know, good. Kids in school, nothing major happening, and I keep mixing up the episode title with the Don Henley song. <laughs> I can see that happening. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, things happen sometimes. Um, so <laughs> what we've got is uh, we, we've got the return of Richie Ryan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. We've also got Joe Dawson back this week. Um, yep. And believe it or not, I found a Watcher Chronicle. Oh. Yeah, I know. Impressive. So why don't we listen to that first and then we'll talk about the Sure. Episode. All right. And, you know, switch things up a little. Works for me. October 7th, 1996. Boy, when things happen around here, they happen in bunches. It's been pretty quiet for the past few months. After all that dark, quickening business, McLeod leaving the city meant things were pretty normal. Well, as normal as it gets in our world. Then Dawson got called to Paris. Well, he's back from France. McLeod is too. And now Richie Ryan is back in town. I have a feeling things will get interesting with the Highlander back, as well as Joe. In the past two days, I've seen both Richie Ryan and Duncan McLeod at the bar, and neither left on great terms. I couldn't make out what they said to each other, but it was tense. I did notice a bandage on Dawson's left wrist. I wonder what that is about. So Richie's in the dojo working out, and McLeod walks in. It's very dark, um, and the camera angles are kind of funky, and Duncan is acting exactly like he did during the dark quickening. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to Richie, and he kind of slaps him around a little bit. And uh, pushes him down. Richie goes for his sword. Duncan stops him and puts his sword to his neck. And we see Duncan make the killing blow. And Richie wakes up. It was a nightmare. He's in some like flop house somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And then opening credits. After the opening credits, we're back in the dojo. But now it's Duncan working out. He's doing a kata. Mm-hmm. He's doing some knife work. Um, and in walks Joe Dawson. And he's back in town. Duncan, yep. not super pleased to see him, though. They, they did part <laughs> on uh, non-antagonistic terms, but not friendly terms. Was kind of how yeah. things ended. Especially on Duncan's side. Yeah. Um, he just, he, he wants nothing to do with them. They can't be friends anymore. Duncan asks him to leave. Dawson is there because he's like, look, uh, there's something going on with Richie. And that gets Duncan's attention a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we flash back to a year ago and it's right after the dark quickening. Richie went to Joe for some help. Uh, he's confused. He's upset. He doesn't understand, uh, what was going on with Duncan, but he fully believes that it was Duncan with all his faculties that attacked him and tried to kill him 
and take his mm -hmm. head. And Joe's sort of, Joe's trying to placate him. Like, look, you know that wasn't Mac. You know he didn't really do that. And, and Richie's like, no, it was him. And he basically learned, I mean, in Richie fashion, the wrong lesson um, in a way. Mm -hmm. But now it's changed his outlook. He's just, he's in it for himself now. He, uh, he, he didn't actually think or believe the there can be only one and that Duncan would one day attack him. But now he does. And he goes off on his own. And he starts just picking fights, trying to take heads everywhere. Joe's worried about him, worried that he's going to get himself killed. He's worried for his friend and wants McLeod to go at least talk to him. And McLeod's like, Richie, I've tried, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, And he tells Joe it's none of his business. And Joe's like, well, maybe it's not mine, but it's your business. You know what? He's, on the, he's in the boarding house down on the South Street. You do whatever you want with that information and just storms off. And, and Joe's rightfully upset. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Richie is still having nightmares. Um, reliving that whole fight with Duncan in the dojo. Um, and we do see a lot of footage from that episode, uh, which, again, this being the next season, makes sense. you got to recap that a little bit. Give the audience yeah. some context to what's going on. Um, he wakes up from his nightmare, and he feels an immortal. So he grabs his sword and heads outside. And who's there? Duncan. Yep. Boy, Richie isn't happy to see him mm -mm. at all. Uh, it's mm -hmm. very, very standoffish. Um, and Duncan, Duncan's trying, Duncan's trying to apologize in a very Duncan way, which is like apologizing, but not apologizing. <laughs> right. Um, and Richie doesn't really want to hear it. Duncan's like, you, you know what you're doing is wrong. And Richie goes, yeah, well, you know what? You taught me the lesson that there can be only one. All right. And, and that's what it is. Um, and then he, he basically walks away. And Richie's kind of reverted to his sort of uh, street mentality. Mm -hmm. So he goes to a mechanic shop and he wants to get his bike back. Apparently he sold it. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, sure, $2,400. He's like, well, how about this? How about I give you the 1800 that you gave me for it and you give me the keys? The guy's like, uh, no, this isn't a pawn shop. So Richie takes gasoline and starts pouring it around the shop and is threatening to set the place on fire. And the guy tosses him the keys, and Richie takes off. So Richie's just, he's in a bad spot. He's not yeah. doing well anymore. Uh, we see him at this dive bar uh, where the bartender will arm wrestle anybody, and if they can beat her, they get to drink for free. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, Richie is sitting there critiquing the beer, basically just being, being a right dick. Um, yep. As we've seen Richie capable of in the past. Mm-hmm, Sure. And he, uh, he goes up to kind of show off and arm wrestle the bartender when an immortal walks in. And he feels his presence, uh, turns around, and just immediately picks a fight with the guy. Doesn't know him at all. No, no prior history that we are aware of. Just says, let's go. And they, they head out. Yep. And they go to a secluded spot. It's under a bridge somewhere. They start to fight. Meanwhile, at the bar, a guy pulls up in a BMW in a very nice-looking suit. A very well-dressed mm -hmm. guy. He goes in. He's looking for his friend. Carter Wellen, uh, who happens to be the immortal that uh, walked in. So the bartender says, well, you know, he left because some guy picked a fight with him. And that guy takes off, finds them somehow, whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't need to know how. Uh, but he's too late. Richie's taken Carter's head, and he takes off on his bike with the man screaming at him, you're a dead man. Um, 
so back at the boarding house, Richie's sitting around when he feels an immortal, and it's the guy in the suit who we don't know who he is yet, but he comes in sword swinging. He kicks through the door. Right. And comes in sword going. Richie's able to fight him off um, and get out, but he doesn't have his sword with him. Uh, takes yep. off on his bike, and at the loft, meanwhile, Duncan's there tending to his katana, doing Duncan things, when Dawson mm-hmm. shows up again. And once again, Duncan, not happy to see him. Right. And, and Dawson's like, yeah, well, Richie's in a little more trouble than we thought, and he hands him the broken sword that, that Duncan had given Richie, the Toledo sword, mm-hmm. and tells him that the immortal after Richie is Harish Clay, and we get our flashback. Yep. So Joe wants to help Richie, to help his friend. That's, that's his driving force. And Duncan is telling him that he shouldn't. He's a watcher. That's his, mm-hmm. that's his life. You know, he, right. holds up, he holds up his arm and he shows, him, you know, he shows Joe his own tattoo, uh, the very dramatic way. And, and Joe, Joe tells him, and I love the line that Joe gives where he said, I've been a watcher for 25 years. For me, it's like your clan McLeod. You know? <laughs> It's it's who he it's who Joe is, right? Um, and uh, and Duncan's like, then honor that. Don't interfere. We can't be friends. Go away. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go back to Joe's bar, and Joe's looks like Joe's closing up for the night. When who comes in? But Richie. And so they sit down. They have a drink together. Richie's talking to him, and then he says, "Hey man, uh, I lost my sword." And Joe's like, "Yeah, I know you broke it." And I love the line. Richie's like, you guys know too much. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so Richie's asking Joe for money for a new sword. Um, and Joe's like, I can't. I can't do it. To which Richie is confused. He's like, well, come on. You know me. You know I'll pay you back. And it's not the money. Joe is taking McLeod's words to heart. And he's basically deciding that he has to be a watcher. He can't help mm-hmm. Richie. And there's a great line there where he says, as... As your friend, I want to help you. But as a watcher, I can't. Richie doesn't take that news great. Um, yeah. I don't blame him. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he gets upset. Uh, he tells Joe, you know, well, it was convenient. Uh, that's convenient that now you can't help me when you saved mm-hmm. my life six months ago. That was a, right. that was a good exchange, too, because it was dialogue that... Uh, could have been like even more melodramatic than it was where where Richie's like you saved my life you shot McLeod uh, and saved me and Joe's like well I made a mistake and and Richie's like saving my life was a mistake that's not what I mean and you know it type of thing <laughs> and like I liked how that all played out because again the chemistry yeah. between Jim Burns and um, Stan Kirsch is great yeah uh, so Richie's upset and he takes off um, and he goes to the museum, which luckily has an exhibit called Masterworks of the Forge going on. Mm-hmm. So he breaks in because he's going to steal himself a new sword. He doesn't have the money to buy one. Uh, and who's there waiting for him but Harish Clay? Smart. Yeah. Uh, and he basically, Richie's like, why, why are you, atta- I don't even know you. And he's like, you didn't know Carter Wellen, but you killed him. Um, during the struggle, the glass gets broken and the alarm goes off. So Richie manages to escape yet again. He's very good at this uh, Mm -hmm. survival thing. Um, And he runs out just as the cops are showing up and gets himself arrested, which also very smart. Yep. 
Uh, how the police didn't see the guy standing 10 feet from them glaring menacingly, I don't know, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Richie gets arrested, bailed out the next day or later that day, whatever. I guess it would be the next morning, probably. Yeah. Um, Duncan bails him out and wants to talk to him. And Richie kind of doesn't really want to talk to Duncan. But Duncan's like, look, I know the guy you're going after. I met him once. And I like, I like how Duncan says... I met Harish Clay before and just gets into the car and Richie immediately gets in the car and is like, then why are you both still alive? And that mentality from Richie mm-hmm. in this moment makes sense because at this point, all Richie thinks of is if there's another immortal, they, one of them walks doesn't walk away from it. Like that's all right. he can think of. So he gets mm-hmm. in, they talk, Duncan gives him the backstory of uh, some of his backstory with Harish Clay. And starts talking to him about how, look, I, you know, this isn't your fight. And Richie takes that as Duncan trying to protect him. Which, in the past, has been a lot of Duncan's MO. Right. Um, but he's not. He's just like, no, you, you, it's not your fight. Let me take care of it. And then he does give him a sword. He's like, look, fine. Yep. If you're going to be on your own, at least take this. And Richie, Richie's reluctant. Again, understandably so. There's some pride involved there. But Duncan is like, yeah, I know you don't. You can take care of yourself, but just take it anyway. And it's mm-hmm. sort of, that's the olive branch from Duncan, right? It, offering the sword. Right. The sword of his former teacher, the, the man that Harish Clay killed, he happened to still mm-hmm. have it, gives it to, to Richie, and Richie takes it. And they, they part, not as friends, but at least, you know, uh, begrudgingly respectful of each other, I would call it. Right. Amicable. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, back at Joe's, Duncan shows up. Uh, meanwhile, Richie's out looking for, for Harish Clay. He goes mm-hmm. to the bar. The bartender tells him uh, she doesn't know where the guy is. And Richie's like, fine. And he leaves. And as he's walking out, we see Joe there hiding behind a newspaper. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which was great. And then Joe goes up to talk to the bartender, and he's like, hey, the guy that kid was just asking about, come on, give me the info. Um, How she knows it, I don't know, but whatever, plot convenience, it's fine. Right. Um, So Joe gets that information, and he's getting ready to open up the bar when Max shows up. And Duncan's there, and he wants information on Clay. And Joe kind of gives him a little bit of the business. He's sort of like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of tough, huh? Balancing your morality with your, you know, honor and and your friends and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And and Duncan's ready to leave, as sort of a, all right, fine, I, I can see where this is going. And Joe's right. like, no, 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 here. And he gives him the info. He tells him where he is. Um, and then Joe shows his has a bandage on his wrist and shows he's had his watcher tattoo removed. He's given yeah. up being a watcher. And I want to go into that more in a little bit when we talk about Joe, but that's a big moment. Yeah. Duncan is floored by this. uh, Doesn't really know how to react, but is like, I got to go. I got to go find this guy and Mm -hmm. leaves. So Duncan goes to the address that Joe gave him and he gets there. He feels an immortal and it's Richie. And (laughs) (laughs) Duncan's like, what are you doing here? And Richie looks at him like, what are you doing here? And, and there's, there's a, that 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 icy wall between the two of them is starting to crack a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're not again they're not friends yet, but they're at least amicable, and they're like they're both like 
not getting in each other's way. And Richie's like, look, right. I'm not backing away from anything, okay? I got myself into this situation. I can get myself out of it. And Duncan is still trying to tell him, like, yeah, I understand that, but I got dibs, basically, is, is what Duncan right. is saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's fine, but you're second in line, dude. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so they end up finding out that Clay isn't there. He's at a funeral at a, at a um, graveyard. So they go there. Mm-hmm. It's holy ground. They walk up. They have their conversation. Um, but before kind of things can go down, uh, Clay looks at Richie and is like, you are the reason that Carter Wellen is dead. Um, and Richie's like, fine, you want to fight? Let's fight. Let's do this. You know, just being Richie. And, mm-hmm. and Duncan has to step in after Clay walks away and be like, all right, there's something I didn't tell you, which is after he killed my teacher, he also shamed me, and I never I never got back at him for this. He's like, I'm not telling you that I am going to fight this guy. I'm asking you to let me. And Richie concedes. He says, you know what? Go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Duncan and Clay have their final fight. Do you know what it's like? To have a friend for 900 years, McLeod. I've known him longer than you've been alive. So, special guests, we have a couple. Um, They're not the main focus of the show, though. Uh, This episode focuses a lot on our main core, so... the, The special guests aren't given a ton to do, but they're good in where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. Rial Andrews as Harish Clay uh, was great. First of all, yeah, dude had the look. Like, that guy looked like a million bucks. I mean, yeah, I did. shaved head, that real thin, close-cropped beard that was just immaculately trimmed, that suit he was wearing. The, like, mm-hmm. the only thing, and that was kind of a, like, just a, a really fresh look that, that all I noticed was in the final fight with Duncan I was thinking you know if that suit was tailored today the pants would be a little uh, slimmer like mm-hmm. a, a slimmer cut but oh, that's sure. that's about the only thing that dates it to the 90s is the pants being a little bit baggier but the, even then they weren't as right. baggy as you would have seen in like the say early to mid 2000s mm-hmm. but but that I mean three piece suit that color that he had kind of that uh, cream colored yeah um, was uh, just he just looked great and he carried himself well. The guy, um, I did a little bit of uh research in Rial Andrews, um, grew up wanting to be an Olympic sprinter and almost mm-hmm. was before he hurt himself. Uh, and he was, um, so he's he's a hell of an athlete and that shows. And he just he carried himself well. I loved uh the way that he spoke and I liked yeah. that the character, if I have a complaint. It's that we don't know enough about him, um, <laughs> right. which is kind Our of a regular common, complaint. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not because he's not the main focus. He's kind of just there to be the foil for Richie, and in mm-hmm. some ways, Duncan. I can I can understand that. And if this if this were right. a longer episode, like if the episode was more than forty minutes, um, say feature length, then you'd be able to expand his character a little bit more and give him more because you'd have the time sure. to do that. So mm-hmm. the thing you're going to trim to fit it into the 40-minute time frame is his backstory. But I like the fact that he's not evil. He's not even portrayed as like as any kind of evil. He's just sort of there roaming around fighting people. Right. And um, his only beef with Richie is that Richie, Richie started all of this by fighting his friend. 
And right. And that's the great moment with um with Clay is in the the cemetery when Duncan goes up to talk to him and Clay's like, "Have you ever had a friend for nine hundred years?" He's like, "I <laughs> knew him longer than you've been alive," and for this this guy's best friend, it would be. I mean, you could very easily flip those roles around, and it'd be Duncan um, getting upset because somebody killed Fitz for no reason whatsoever, right? Like, sure, like no beef whatsoever, which is kind of what happened to Fitz. So there's sort of there's a relatability there to Clay in that right. moment, um, which is great because I don't think every antagonist in the series needs to just be like a bad guy that wants to subjugate the humans and the mortals and all of that. Like, he's yeah. just a dude that his best friend got killed for no reason whatsoever. And he's like, all right, fine. I'm taking your head next and I'm coming for right. you. And I don't like, so he just flies into a rage and, and I love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought real Andrews was great. Yeah. He did a good job. Uh, you know, some critiques of the fight at the end, but that's not a big thing compared to what he did in this series like the my only critique of his fight at the end is like okay he's he's not as good as adrian paul and it shows but they they make it work yeah yeah which we'll talk about a little bit more um in that segment but yeah i mean i can see that however i just felt like he having him be this just crisp clean cut like immaculately dressed guy was such a good um because his friend carter who's played by chris william martin carter wellen is literally a plot device. Like he right. just exists for Richie to pick a fight with him and then die. He has mm -hmm. almost no lines of dialogue. They even have this whole thing where he's like, yeah, he's, you know, uh, when Harris is describing him to the bartender as long blonde hair and a bit of an attitude. And right. you barely, you barely get the sense that he has any kind of attitude cause he's just not on screen long enough. Um, yeah, but he was fine. So, you know, given what he had to do, uh, that was good. I did like, Chris Humphreys as Graham Ash in the yeah. flashbacks. Um, there was just a, a like a, a pleasantness to his character that I found really enjoyable. Yeah, and just having a character that is supremely positive in the middle of the game and everything to do with immortals. He's like having somebody who's not just not like, yeah, we're immortals. That's the way it works. He's like, we're mortal. Like, how freaking cool is that? Yeah, you know. Like, we're, this is awesome. This is a gift. Not only that, but this is a guy who's been around, right? This mm -hmm. isn't, so, so instead of yeah, being that the little old, <laughs> yeah, the old jaded, like cynical immortal that's seen nothing but death and everyone he knows dying and all this kind of stuff, this guy's just like endlessly positive. Like, no, dude, we get to live and see all this new stuff all the time. Like, this is so cool. Um, See, so yeah, I liked I liked him. Uh, I wish that was a that's another one where I wish the character could have been around longer for us to know. Oh him my more. gosh, yeah, and like dropping the nugget that he was Ramirez's teacher, and yeah. it's like, what? Holy crap! And it makes sense that somebody this positive would rub off on Ramirez because Ramirez, Sean Connery in the first Highlander, he's like that. Yeah, he's so much about life and everything. And kind of trying to teach Connor that in a little bit mm -hmm. of time he has. And it's like, ah, okay, cool. Yeah, this makes sense. And that's a cool little nugget. And it's, you know, and even beyond that, he's telling Duncan, yes, I was Ramirez's teacher. 
but students go beyond their teachers. Uh-huh. You know, they oh, yeah. they get they can get better. And Doug's like, oh, that oh okay. So in Who, just a little bit of time on screen, yeah, he gave us so much. And and that character was written by somebody who did some research on other characters in the series. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just name dropping Ramirez. It was somebody right. who understood who the character of Ramirez was and then wrote this character. And right. I lo- I like that a lot. So it's nothing that's going to blow you away as far as the special guests go in this episode uh, necessarily, mm-hmm. but what was there was, was solid. Okay, one question though. Um, I only got to watch this episode once. Do we... Are we ever explained why Haresh is coming after Ash? No. Okay. No, and that, again, okay. is a complaint that I had, but it's like a minor nitpick because it's not important. Right. It's completely irrelevant to the story that they're trying to tell of Duncan and Richie and, and all mm-hmm. of that that's going on. So it would be something that, yeah, it would get fleshed out more if there was more runtime. Right. But, yeah, uh, they just they don't my, give us a reason. My nitpick of that is just the way that he, that Ash is like, solemn about whatever happened like there's something it feels like he made a mistake and understands why Koresh, Haresh is coming after him so I'm like what what happened what what why do I want to know yeah I'd be I, I would like to know myself but at the same time if I don't ever find out what I'm sure somebody's written some right. fan fiction about it but like sure it uh it's a it's a nitpick I have with the episode like it's a definite knock mm-hmm. against it but not a huge one Right, right. And again, picking a nit for this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is? There are worlds out there for you to discover, Duncan. Music, art, philosophy. What good is philosophy in a fight? We fight to stay alive. Don't forget to live. So flashbacks, we have we have technically more than one, but we really have one like flashback. Um, yeah, and... we have one Highlander flashback. Yep. And then, you know, some other stuff mixed in. And it's uh, Southern Europe, 1657. And I love, it comes in and it's just Duncan and this guy dueling in a field. And mm-hmm. uh, and the man is critiquing Duncan's technique. He's making fun of him. He's even saying, oh like, gosh. that move you're using is wrong. That's, that's meant to be used on an incline. And Duncan's like, it's meant to be used whenever it works. And the guy's like, and it clearly isn't working. And I love that, that moment where Duncan's like, well, how would you know? And the guy does a couple of things and then just sort of looks at him. And Duncan's like... You invented it, didn't you? (laughs) It's one of those things that I love when Highlander does. Like, when somebody's like, what was it? Earlier season, Duncan's like taking people out. And he's like, how did you know that? It's like, I trained with the guy who invented it. Yeah. That kind of stuff is awesome. Yeah, those are great, great jokes. And so the man is Graham Ash. uh, And we learn that he was once the teacher of Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. The teacher mm-hmm. of Connor, um, and and Duncan, of course, is just like f- in awe of that fact. Right. Um, and then uh, Duncan is talking about how, well, you know, blah blah blah. Like, what does it matter um, if uh, if we learn things like philosophy? Because the guy's like, hey, you get to learn about philosophy and music and, and mm-hmm. all this amazing stuff. And Duncan's like, yeah, but that's not going to help you fight. And Graham Ash, as a master swordsman, has this great outlook which is we fight in order to live but don't forget to live right like i i wrote down the two lines he said first one was the sword is not what you live for 
It's what keeps you alive for yep. the good stuff. And then after that, it was, we fight to stay alive, so don't forget to live. Yeah. I and it was like, oh. And it, it's real funny because he's talking to Duncan, and it feels like somehow this should be said to Richie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this episode. So it's striking that we get that line, and then like, well, are we going to pass that along to Richie <laughs> at some point? Come on. Maybe off screen. It'll it'll yeah. happen in between episodes. Um and they're sitting, so they, they stop dueling. They're sitting in the grass in the field, uh, having a drink, having a snack, when they feel an immortal. And we see Harish Clay and Carter Wellen riding along. And that was a, there's a fun little joke. I, I, I'm always a fan of the catching a, a conversation midstream like that. It's mm-hmm. like, when the Duke invites you to play darts, you're supposed to lose. It's like, <laughs> but he was half blind. <laughs> yes. But he's still the Duke, like right, all of that. Well, they feel that immortal's presence, and and uh, Ash gets immediately very upset and very like, uh, we got to get out of here. Um, mm-hmm. So he had at least some idea that Clay would be coming for him. I think right, and uh, Clay ends up confronting them and challenges Graham Ash, who tells Duncan, "All right, get to holy ground, stay there. There's a there's a church ruin like right close mm-hmm. by." And uh, Ash and Clay fight, and Clay defeats him, and Graham Ash begs for his life. Basically, like, don't kill me. I don't want to die. Just whatever yeah. whatever you want, whatever you need, I don't care. I'll give it to you. Just let me walk away. Which is super interesting, considering this whole conversation he just had with Duncan. It's like, he's not afraid to die. He wants to live. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's so interesting to have an immortal beg for their life to... To be able to keep living for whatever. Yep. Well, Clay doesn't uh, doesn't let him live. Takes his head nope. right in front of Duncan. And that's where the, the flashback ends. But we come back to it later mm-hmm. when Duncan tells Richie, well, but see, after that, Clay shamed me. Clay came over, taunted him while he was on holy ground, gave him Graham Ash's sword, and basically said, you're not worth my time. Um, Mm -hmm. you're not worth the time or the effort and told him where they were going to be later that night. Uh, we're staying at the end in whatever town it was. If your knees ever stop shaking and Duncan, uh, Duncan, having watched his teacher, the man who at that point he thought could do anything with a sword, just get, uh, his, his rear end handed to him, um, is afraid and right. That is what's fueling him later on with this need mm-hmm. to like make up for that, right? So I thought that was good. And then you know we had a couple mm-hmm. other moments of, of flashback to like earlier moments with Richie, but the the main flashback right. was this one here, mm-hmm. and it's short, it's to the point. But I thought that it was it was well used because it gives the background of how Duncan knows Harish Clay. Mm-hmm. And it gives us the great moment with Graham Ash and explaining to Duncan about living, and and it gives us a flashback without overstaying its welcome. It's I thought it was paced really well. Oh yeah, it was really interesting too. Just how it took about almost halfway through the episode before we got a proper flashback. Yeah, and then they, it packed so much into it. It was like again, like we talk about, like we said last season. Um, they did a good job of packing what they needed to into the flashback. And like you said, it didn't overstay its welcome and it was just what we needed and nothing more, nothing less. 
Yeah. Yeah, the bulk and the main narrative happening present day and happening with Richie and Joe, who are not going to be able to be part of a flashback that far back. Mm-hmm. But we still get this flashback and we get something that shows. It also shows that um, Harris Clay and Carter Wellen have known each other for hundreds of years. So there's a nice right. little shorthand right there. Like all of that gets packed in real quickly. And it's it's well utilized flashback. Mm-hmm. The guy I trusted more than anyone else in the world tried to kill me. Rich. No, Joe. The reason doesn't matter. It was him. And now we come to the meat of this episode. Richie's back. Yeah. We haven't seen Richie in half a season. Yep. Uh, since the dark quickening, we haven't seen Richie at all. He's back. He's as stubborn as ever. But I kind of got it, too. Because if you think oh, about yeah. you think about what happened to him, and the the person he trusted more than anyone else turned on him out of nowhere, and it just threw his whole world upside down, and he didn't know what right. to do. So he reverted to survival mode, and he's like, "Fine, you know what? If this could happen with Duncan, it's going to happen with anybody. I'm just going to go just do my thing and take heads. And mm-hmm. any any mortal I run into, we fight. And if it's my day, it's my day. Yeah. And that made sense to me. What I really, Absolutely. I really appreciated that the episode from the we, as a television viewer, I kind of know that uh, weekly episode episodic shows always kind of come back to the status quo, right? Especially in mm-hmm. this era, um, you're not going to get a whole lot of major changes that happen mid season, uh, usually, um, right? And, and if they do, they eventually get undone somehow. So it's sort of mm-hmm. one of those it's one of those pieces of baggage that I bring with me when I'm watching a show. What I liked was that the progression of Richie and Duncan's relationship from the beginning of this episode to the end of it felt earned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so I really liked that that each each progressive scene with them is a little less frosty and a little closer to friendly. Without ever fully getting back to just like, hey, everything's great again. Like, right. even even the very end of it, there's a little bit of reluctance still from Richie, and it's like, I think we're gonna be okay. Um, mm-hmm. And and I really dug that. Uh, it's almost as though in his heart of hearts, Richie knew that Duncan wasn't actually trying. Like, it wasn't really Duncan trying to kill him, but he just it it messed with him so much that no amount of anybody telling him that, no amount of even Duncan mm-hmm. saying that to him would do it. It took like actions from Duncan to right. really hammer that home. Well, cause I was thinking about this. Duncan's probably the first real stable relationship Richie had in years of his life. Like he was, oh, yeah. they, you know, he started out as a street kid and then he comes and lives with Duncan and Tess and kind of learns what it's like to be a family. And then he becomes an immortal and Duncan's teaching him everything. And it's it's real funny that he doesn't care. He doesn't seem to care about the dark quickening at all. He's like, I don't care. That was Duncan McCloud. I don't care why. That was Duncan McCloud coming to kill me. Yep. The person that trained me that I thought would never do that did that. And it's one of those interesting things when you think about Richie's past and whatever trauma he dealt with before. Mm-hmm. And then having something like this happen to him. Like, one, the whole immortal thing, and then the immortal thing being twisted on him. And he's just like, well, geez, the world sucks. 
Yeah, and him not getting to be any at all part of the fallout and the reconstruction that Duncan went through in Paris, right? Because right. Duncan just leaves, and he ends up in Paris, and things finally get fixed, but Richie is still in the U.S., and Richie just goes off on his own, and now Duncan can't find him because, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, somebody who grew up on the streets, if he doesn't want to be found, he's not going to get found. Right. And, mm-hmm. and without Duncan leaving Paris and coming back, there's just no way that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. all of this going on, and then when they finally do meet that first time, it's very much like just posturing, and Richie's like, hey, look, you tried to fight me the last time, and you would have won. But it's not going to be as easy the next time. Yeah, I'm never going to give you that chance again. Exactly. Um, and it took it took time. Even when uh, the next time he sees him is Duncan bailing him out of jail. And Richie's like, hey, thanks for paying my bail. All right, I'm going to leave. And Duncan's like, I want to talk. And he goes, look, if this, is, if this bail money was going to come with a, uh, a sermon, you know, I might as well just go right, right in, the se- in the cell type of thing. Like he just he doesn't want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And Duncan's like, just let just, just come here and talk to me for a few minutes. And he slowly right. wears him down with Richie, but Richie still has to be receptive to it. And he is mm-hmm. over time. Right. And again, um, like the whole thing, like part of me hates that Richie is such a knucklehead and a a-hole throughout this episode. But when his world gets turned upside down and he realizes it's, he's on his own completely. Mm-hmm. What else is going to happen to a person who's like, I'm not going to be taken down. There right. could be only one. I'm going to be that one no matter what. So if I find another mortal, I'm not going to waste time trying to be friends. Because yeah. the last friend I had tried to take my head. So screw it. This is the game. I'm in the game. Yep. That's how it works. And, and that's going to affect you over time that we haven't seen him. But yeah, yeah. you know there's got to be this gradual step of Richie turning into the a-hole Richie we see because he's surviving, not living, surviving. Yeah. If you think about the first 18 years of his life, we're led to believe were incredibly hard. He was orphan, bouncing around the system, treated like crap. Who knows how many Mm -hmm. friendships he lost because of that. Friends that he thought he had turning on him, all that kind of stuff, like all the turmoil that he had. And then to finally have something stable come along, and then that rug gets pulled out from under him. What do you do? You revert back to what kept you alive in your teens, mm-hmm. and you just survive. And then that gets like amplified by also the fact that I'm also an immortal, and there's other immortals that are going to try and kill me. And in order for me to survive, i got to learn how to kill all them and take them out before they have the chance. So yeah, all right. of that makes perfect sense. And that's why he just reverted to that. Mm-hmm. That asshole the one other version. thing... The one other thing that I was thinking about is how much leading up to the Dark Quickening is how much Richie and Duncan had gone back and forth, like we talked about last week, about what kind of magic there is in the world. Mm-hmm. And that this particular thing, the, the the Dark Quickening, turning Duncan, it's like, at that point, you could tell Richie it was a magic thing that turned Duncan evil. And he's like, I don't care. Like, at mm. the, like it's it, it broke him of that, too. Like, I yeah. don't care. This yeah. man tried to kill me. I don't care what was driving this man. This man tried to kill me. So it's just like, wow. Yeah. It, it, and I got to say, it's impressive that the writers did this this way. Like they could have had him just kind of like hunky-dory waiting for Duncan to show up and be like, oh, okay, all better. No, they pushed Richie 
in a whole direction that is much more believable. It's more believable and it's more mature and it makes sense yeah. for his story. So I really enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed where they went with Joe in this episode yeah. too. Some of this mm-hmm. I had forgotten about. Um so we when we last saw Joe was the very end of season four where right. he's he's like, Look, I'm getting the um I'm back in the watchers. Um I'm because he had uh, with everything that had happened. He's like, and we're going to rebuild things. It's going to be different. Everything's going to be cool. And and Duncan's like, yeah, no, I'm leaving. Right. And he's like, okay, sure. I've heard that one before, Joe. Exactly. So he, so Duncan leaves. So the next time we see him, it's it's Joe coming into the dojo. And sort of, this is Joe coming in and trying to, again, extend the olive branch. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm back in town. And Duncan's just cold shouldering him. And he's right. like, and, and, and Joe wants the friendship so much that friendship with duncan and with richie but duncan especially means so much to him yep and for duncan to be like it's not gonna happen stop go away leave me Mm. alone over and over and over and then to 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 point out the watcher thing and his oath and the line and i mentioned earlier but the line where where joe says you know i know I've been a watcher for 25 years. For me, it's like your clan McLeod. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. And then he takes Duncan's words to heart and, and basically refuses to help Richie because of him being a watcher. Right. And seeing how much that upset Richie and how much that hurt him to do, right. he gave all that up. And the best part, the, 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 the most heartbreaking but most real part of that and where, where there's actual character growth is when Joe shows Duncan that he had the tattoo removed and Duncan's reaction is like, you're out of the watchers. Joe did that hopeful that he would be able to retain him, uh, build a friendship back with Duncan, but not expecting yeah. it. Right. He even says it's may, it might be too late, but I can't be a watcher anymore and try to be somebody's friend. And and he he knows full well that he may not actually be able to be Duncan's friend, but he can't mm-hmm. be the watcher either. And like that's a powerful moment and a powerful statement from Joe to give up that part of his life. Uh and and that scene was played out so well because Duncan's reaction is priceless. His reaction mm-hmm. is I'm yeah. sorry. Good Lord, Adrian Paul acted the hell out of that scene. Yeah. And for him to and- be like, I'm sorry, and Joe's like, Don't be. This was my choice. Mm-hmm. Once again, in a show about people that are immortal and cutting each other's heads off, we get this scene about friendship mm-hmm. and what that means to people. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. And and for him to make that sacrifice and just do it, and then at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. then we get we're back at the bar. Duncan's taking out Harish Clay, and it's Joe sitting there talking to Richie. And showing him, you know, hey, I got the tattoo gone. Um, and Richie's like, really? And and I liked Richie's reaction where he's like, honestly, I'm not that upset. I'm not that upset mm-hmm. because the whole dark glasses and, you know, shady business and all that didn't seem like you. And and Joe's reaction is like, it wasn't supposed to ever be like that. Like, it got right. that way. But mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. And then you see Duncan in the background and Duncan comes down and starts talking to him. And that's where... That's where the beginnings of mending the friendship happens because Duncan's like, no, 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 you need to go back into the Watchers, but you need to make it what it was supposed to be. Right. 
you and it's and it's Duncan realizing that Joe can be both if it's done the right way. Right. And that that's what's needed both for immortals and for the watchers. We mm-hmm. need the watchers to be the watchers that Joe Dawson is. Yes. That can be a friend but is still recording what's going on. Yep. Yeah, they need to be Joe Dawson, not Peter Horton. Is what we right. need. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and yeah, it's a great ending to the episode because again, it's not like everything's hunky dory, but but it's Duncan saying, Hey, we'll work it out. Yeah. You know, we're gonna try. And it's just a it's a great moment. Uh there's also a wonderful line from Joe in that uh scene with Duncan earlier where um he uh says the the line from the old lady in his neighborhood, and it's the German German slash kind of Yiddish translation uh, mm-hmm. is the man with one ass can't dance at two weddings. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, but man, it's just, it's such good character work out of Joe mm-hmm. and out of Richie. And this, they're, they're written well. And then obviously it's actors that know those roles. Yeah, and, for sure. And so for that to be, and I kind of, I'm almost glad that they didn't make it the season premiere, right? Like, yeah, we got a we got a season premiere episode that was very good and kind of let Duncan sort of get himself back into Duncan shape after everything that happened at the end of season four, and then mm-hmm. we'll bring back Richie and Joe, and we'll right. get our core together. Mm-hmm. And they had nuggets in there explaining that kind of stuff. Like I wrote a note down at the beginning, like why didn't Joe let Richie know what happened to Duncan that he was okay? And then uh, you know a couple scenes later, when Duncan's finally talking to Richie, he's like, I tried to reach out to you. He's like. Oh, okay. So this did, they did try to mend fences however long ago it was. Right. But Richie was like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. And then Duncan comes at the beginning of this episode, Joe comes to him and Duncan's like, I'm not ready for that. So. Yeah. And then we kind of get it wrapped up at the end. Again, not perfect bow on top. Not like everybody's super hunky dory, but like. Okay, yeah, we, you know, we're all on the same page that we've got to live together and we need to if this mm-hmm. is going to work at all. Yeah. Yep, and it's great because the show is at its best with that core group of Duncan mm-hmm. and Richie and Joe and then by extension, Mythos and Amanda. Right. Um, where, where things are well between them because it, the, what ultimately makes this show work are those relationships. Yeah. Whether whether or not you've got the evil immortal of the week and a big uh, a really well done sword fight or any kind of that stuff, it comes down to those core relationships and those characters and do we care about them or not? And that's the thing that I always tell people about this show is that it is super interesting, surprising, amazing how well this kind of show does relationships. Mm -hmm. and writes them for the most part like you know we nitpick here and there but for the most part like these overarching relationships of these core characters um are just done so well and the actors acting the heck out of them and you know just the chemistry they all have together it it makes that's what makes this show such a fun show to watch yeah absolutely and i think i think part of the issue is uh when people are like i don't really like highlander is it, it's not you can't get that from a single episode, right? Um, so there is there is a little bit of like okay you gotta you gotta be for the premise, and 
you've got to give it some time. But if you do, there's some really good character work going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially again for a 30 year old syndicated cable television show. Right. Like better than it has any right to have. For sure. Absolutely. Which is, you know, why we keep talking about it. Yeah. It's why we're here for the fifth season. (laughs) This fight is mine. Mac, forget it. The days of you protecting me are long hey, gone. this isn't about me protecting you. I have to finish this. Well, then you better find him before I do. So the final fight in this is good, not great. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned it earlier, and it's worth repeating. Rial Andrews is not on the level of swordsman that uh, Adrian Paul is or that some others have been. And you can actually, when you're right. watching that final fight, you can see some of the footage is sped up. Mm-hmm. Where they choreographed it well, yeah, but they had to kind of slow things down. He he is, however, a fantastic athlete, and so that does help right. translate. He probably was a very quick study for all of it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like looking at this fight, I think it's probably one of those things where they just didn't have time to do to learn it well enough to do it fast. Yeah, on his part, and so they did what they could and then fixed it with some editing but for the most part it's a decent fight but it's not the best we've seen no not at all um it didn't do a ton of storytelling um but i did like the clash of styles where duncan's using a two-handed sword and harish Mm -hmm. has a a single-handed weapon and they used his athleticism and his fluidity um by having him do a lot of single-handed flourishes and a more Mm -hmm. fencing style that I think yeah. fits his build and sort of just his overall demeanor really, really well. Yeah, for the most part. The other thing I was thinking about is like, okay, Duncan did this fight. I probably would have put money that if Richie was fighting, he would have won the fight. Mm-hmm. And I say that because he took down Carter Wellen, yep. who had been with and training with Haresh 900 years. Yeah. So Richie took down... Well, and I, I would have said Richie probably could have taken uh, Clay if he had to. I mean, probably, right? But yeah, we'll never know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Duncan called dibs. Yep. From hundreds of years earlier, so <laughs> Duncan was like, "I peed on it. It's mine. <laughs> I, I got this one." Yeah. Um, it's a. This is a good episode. It's a very, and, yeah. and I think it's actually even a step up from our season premiere. Usually premieres are kind of set that bar really high because you want to bring in your your viewers to start the season. Um, but this one was like the premiere was really good, and this is a step up because mm-hmm. we got the we got our characters back. We got Richie and Joe back. Yeah, and this feels like a one-two punch setup for this season. Oh yeah, like yeah. the first episode gives us that kind of magical stuff. And it's like, Hey, magic's actually a real thing. Let's pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, now, now that we've got magic established, let's get the band back together and bring the boys home. Yep. Yeah. And it's some of the best character work we've seen, uh, for Richie and Joe yet in the series. I mean, just Mm -hmm. like, like the arc in this episode alone of Joe is amazing, especially coming off of the end of season four and everything that he went through. Um, right, because he could have easily left the Watchers and just left them because he hated the Watchers, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was he was you know, dedicated to that. He came back and then made the choice that his potential friendship 
and being a friend was more important to him at this point right. than what the Watchers had become. And then for Duncan to be like, no, 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 you still need to be a Watcher, but you can mm-hmm. also be my friend. And part of me, I got to say, just wanted a little bit of humor. It's like, I just got this dang tattoo removed. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been great. Um, you know, we had we had solid work from the special guests, but it's really, it's all about uh, McLeod, Richie, and Joe. It's what this episode mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, although looks wise, boy, Harish Clay is one of the best uh, bad guy immortals we've had yet in terms of just overall look. Like, oh yeah, he just when looked he, like a million bucks. When him and Duncan it. went out to fight, it's like he took his jacket off. Duncan took his jacket off. I'm like, these are two of the most well dressed immortals to ever fight. Good oh, lord. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just amazing. This is a great episode and a great way to to get us. We're now we're ramping up. We're getting into what is mm-hmm. going to be the. I'm just going to say it right now. This is going to be the best season of the show. Like, yeah. In terms of episodes of Highlander, this will be the best quality. I think start to finish that we're going to have. Yeah. Uh, especially if these two are anything to to go by. Because I had forgotten uh, about what they did with Joe in this episode. Like I had forgotten that yeah. he at one point went to leave the Watchers. Yeah, just, just I didn't remember that either. So, yeah. Now, next week's episode is Manhunt. Uh, and we get the return of a, an old friend, Carl. Uh, if oh, you remember nice. him from season two. So he's coming back. Yeah. So, so this will be a good one. That is episode three, Manhunt. That's going to be next week. Now. Nice. Do you like this show? Do you want to watch us record it live? You can. You can do that Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Travis. Come hang out with Audie and I. We've got Ace mm-hmm. Cat in the chat there, you know, letting us know that Randall Tex Cobb is still uh, their favorite um, <laughs> special guest star. Uh, no, no less than twice in this episode uh, has Randall so Tex. Far. Yeah. Um, so come hang out, uh, be in the chat, catch the show uh, proper on Thursdays, Anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast, you can just search for Let's Watch Highlander. Look for Audie's fantastic art. Um, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful artwork as always. I am on Twitter as TV's Travis, uh, and I love to talk immortals or anything pop culture. There was a recent, uh, bit on Twitter talking about the reboot, uh, movie mm-hmm. coming up, yep. um, which I am very excited for. Uh, Audie is on Twitter as well as the Audie Norman. Yep. Um, w- let us know. Let us know if you're watching episodes of this, whether it's on yeah. you, you've bought the DVDs or you're watching it on Freevee, uh, which used to be IMDb TV, whatever, however you're consuming them. You just bought episodes on Apple, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know if you're if you're excited about the reboot. Um, Chad Stahelski of John Wick fame is is directing it uh, right now. Henry Cavill is attached to star as Connor McLeod. Um, and currently still Dave Batista uh, is rumored to be playing the Kurgan. So hmm. that's what we know so far. I'm excited. Uh, I like Stahelski as a director. I like Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill has uh, a fandom in the show, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite uh, excited about that. I, I did get into a discussion with somebody about you know remakes. Uh, this one person said that uh, Highlander should never be remade, that it's perfect. Uh, in every way, and to to which my thought was like, is it though? I mean, I <laughs> you're going to be hard pressed to find bigger Highlander fans than you and I, right? Right. And yet, 
we both can say there are things that you could actually improve of High on Highlander, even the first mm-hmm. movie. But I don't think a remake, even if you remake with the story of Connor and you have the Kurgan in there, I don't think it takes anything away from that movie from 1986 at all. No. Um, no. And that is always going to be what it is and what created this franchise yeah. is that movie that a guy wrote as his uh, project at USC, Gregory Wyden. <laughs> yeah. And they brought in an Australian director and uh, a Frenchman born in the U.S., and a Scotsman to play an Egyptian. <laughs> and they made this bonkers movie about immortal beings cutting each other's heads off. And look where we are 30-something years later with right. five movies, a reboot, an animated series, an anime film, and a television mm-hmm. series. Two television series, actually. Yep. All based out of a kooky idea of uh, immortals cutting each other's heads off. It's crazy. And I'm all for it. So Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 I want to see a reimagining and bringing it into a modern era as well. Oh yeah, that's something sure. that I've thought about for years. Like just this idea of Highlander in a, in a modern setting mm-hmm. to us. And, how different and we've, that will we've be. there's been other stories out there that have tackled immortality and stuff like that, but it'll mm-hmm. be really interesting to tackle this particular bent on it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so that uh, definitely. Talk to us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Heck yeah. Um, and uh, if you do, if you love the show, give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Makes it more discoverable for other people who might be interested in, in learning some more Highlander lore as the, as the remake gets closer. And they mm-hmm. start uh, filming that. So until next week in episode three, Manhunt, with our, our good friend Carl coming back. I, I can't wait. I liked, uh, I liked that character a lot. Yeah. Um, until then, remember that there can be only one bromance of the century. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>